Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Jeff Allen. Jeff, are you ready to do this? I am. Excellent. Let's let's do this. Jeff is the CEO of Echo Ridge, a venture-backed early-stage startup that uses AI to help institutional investors predict predict opportunities and risk from regulatory and regulatory events. He is a veteran of the United States Marines. Thank you for your service, Jeff. Thank you. And we're excited to have you on. So, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Uh, thank you. Well, uh, I'm originally a uh, native of Boston, Massachusetts. I've uh, been up based out of New Hampshire for the last 15 or so years. And uh, up here, um, I've kind of put my focus and uh, attention onto solving problems with AI. And that's ultimately where Echo Ridge came from. We are uh, initially we were geared towards more the political, uh, regulatory, legislative type area. And then we found that there was a connection with investments. So that's kind of how the company got to the point we're at right now. And that's that, that's a little bit about myself and kind of how we got here. Nice. Give us a little bit about the personal life. Personal life, uh, married, two daughters, uh, one of them in college, just started this last semester, the mm-hmm. other one in high school, um, a dog and a parrot. And um, that's kind of the home situation. Nice. All right. So, so how did you get into, into the world of artificial intelligence? So I have worked almost my whole career in the IT industry. First, I started with some bigger companies, including IBM and SAP, and somehow got involved with their venture capital sides of their businesses. And that's what led me into the Silicon Valley world. And I've been doing this since about the dot-com era. The um, AI piece of this began when I was with uh, Lottery.com out of San Francisco a few years back, and I was in charge of their business development as well as their regulatory affairs just because they're a highly regulated company. The more I delved into that, the more I realized that regulatory and legislative affairs had a very large impact on businesses, and I wanted to explore that further, so I ended up setting up Echo Ridge to do so with the idea that we would kind of bring some modernization and innovation to it. The more we delved into it, the more we realized there was a direct correlation between what passed out of a, you know, a state legislature or out of Congress and how it affected businesses, sectors, and more on the micro side, the actual shares and companies. So that is what we really began to dive into. And the more and more we went along, we discovered that we could predict what was going to happen um, from the uh, regulatory output. So if a bill went into Congress, we could look at a certain number of factors. In fact, I think there's about 50 different factors we look at. And from there, we could determine whether or not it was going to pass or fail. And we could do that with about 97% accuracy, which was off the chart. So we developed our prototype into a working AI model. So it's a neural network. And we went out and we did this for all 50 states and the federal government, and that's kind of how the AI took shape. Did you say it's a neural network? 
Yes, correct. Now you're going to really have to dumb this down for me. Um, <laughs> what does that even mean? So a neural network, it kind of works on the idea. Um, so I didn't mention this earlier, but I'm actually, in addition to having my background in computer science, I'm also a cognitive uh, experimental psychologist. Hmm. And uh, the neural network actually follows along the idea of uh, how the brain is structured and how uh, the neurons within the brain are connected together. And it kind of follows that idea along the lines of um, how decisions are made within the neural network. And so that is the model that we use to kind of bring this, um, this to fruition, essentially, um, following that neural network model. It is a recurrent, unsupervised neural network, which to throw some extra tech terms at you means that um, it keeps getting smarter the more it learns, the, um, the better it gets at learning. And it also doesn't need to be told what to look at because we learned early on that when you tell the neural network what's important and what's not, what to pay attention to and what to disregard, it gets worse because it introduces biases from our own point of view. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's better to just let the neural network look at the data set and say, go for it, do what you need to do to figure out what's going to happen. And from there, the neural network itself decides what's important. And that gives you a much less biased, more accurate model. And that's ultimately how our neural network is set up. Very cool. And uh, cool and another part terrifying, which, which, which I'll circle back on. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, so you're, you're, you are utilizing this technology in, in all 50 states and so right now it is it is tracking whatever it wants, but it's it's designed to be tracking bills that are introduced and matriculating their way through the legislative process. That's correct, yes. So when a, we track every bill that's pending and in the United States at any given time when legislatures are in session and Congress is in session, that's probably upwards of 70,000 pieces of legislation. Okay. So we're looking at all of those and their potential from the point of introduction to actually getting signed off by, by the executive branch, which of course in the state's case, it's a, the governor or in the Congress's case, the president, we're actually looking to the point of getting signed off. So the entire life cycle of the piece of legislation. And that is um, uh, basically what we're doing to kind of make the prediction about whether it passes or fails. Then we go through a second process where, specific to the investment world, we have a, a second piece of AI that goes through and does what we call categorization. And that categorization is to tell you what's important and what's not. Because I'll give you an example. From everything that's pending in Congress right now, probably half of that stuff is like about renaming post offices and things of that nature. Right. It's just, you know, day-to-day -day administrative type business. And although we can accurately predict whether or not a post office gets renamed, it doesn't really have any impact on what's <laughs> happening on Wall Street, essentially. So that is uh, the type of stuff our categorization process goes through. And it essentially says this stuff isn't important and it highlights the stuff that is important for us, what's going to have an impact. And that's the type of um, decision making and refinement we go through. And this is something, by the way, that we run weekly. We only bother with it um, every every Monday. In fact, we run it because the legislative and the regulatory world doesn't change that quickly that you need to worry about it day to day, but week to week, you actually might see um, changes. And that's especially true as legislative sessions come to an end. So um, for those who aren't familiar, 
state legislatures oftentimes run on a legislative calendar, which doesn't run all year, and sometimes it doesn't even run every year. I think Texas, for example, is one that only runs every other year. And if you take and you look at those legislative calendars, as they're coming closer and closer to adjourning, you'll see a uh, kind of flurry of activity uh, legislatively. So that's where we start to get um, more and more uh, predictions that are kind of come to a close and we can see, um, you know, what is actually going to pass and what's not. So that's, uh, that's long and short kind of how it works. So the value here is that you will know sometimes well in advance based on, on, on the criteria that you're looking at, whether or not something's going to pass. Whereas without this tool, you'd just be like, well, to just, just, just describe the value to me. Sure. And I like to give a kind of like a use case actually to describe it. When I talk to investors, which I talk to a lot, um, unfortunately, uh, not, not, <laughs> market investors, but actually venture capitalists sure. and those people who back us. But um, when I talk to them, I like to give the example of California's 85, the one that was out there and uh, basically whacked Uber, Lyft, and those guys. And as a result, California, as of the last election, passed Proposition 22, which basically um, rolled back a lot of uh, 85's effects. So AB5 basically said all uh, contractors need to be classified as uh, employees if they meet certain criteria and they felt in the case of gig economy companies like Lyft and Uber that they met those criteria so those two companies would have had to reclassify their entire workforce as employees on the driver's side at least so the uh, the result would have been catastrophic for them because that would have been a multi-billion dollar change ultimately but when the market heard this in the 10 days following uh, the introduction, sorry, the the, sig the passing of AB5 and the signature of AB5, which happened in September of 2019, the following 10 days, the top three investors in Uber and Lyft lost a combined 700 plus million dollars. Hmm. Uh, the companies themselves actually had to put up between legal cases, between Prop 22, it was well over $300 million that they had to actually put up to fight that. And the result was a billion dollars that's never coming back for those investors and for those companies. Now, the problem with this is, had they known AB5 was a certainty, they could have got way ahead of the curve there. Now, I said that actually passed in September of 2019. We knew with certainty it was going to pass in March of 2019. Wow. So, easy six-month lead time right there. And um, because I actually tread in that same world as Uber did at the time back when I was with Lottery.com, uh, my counterpart in Uber, I used to talk to him occasionally when I, uh, when I would meet up with him at events and so on. And I would kind of note to him, I said, you guys like to fight lawsuits instead of getting in front of legislation, don't you? But I said, that's a much riskier gamble. I said, you're basically rolling the dice as to what a court outcome is going to be, which is a lot less predictable than trying to get in there with a public policy strategy. And that, you know, that was something, though, had they had they taken the opportunity, they probably could have gotten in front of AB5 much earlier and avoided so much loss. But they didn't. And the reality is, though, we knew that was going to happen six months beforehand. Now, if you were one of those larger investors, you definitely could have shielded yourself against those losses by by knowing this was coming down the pike. You could have shielded yourself against those losses. And at the same time, if you were a short seller, you obviously could have 
taken the opportunity to short that entire sector. So that's an example of how this predictive AI kind of comes into its own and provides value to those who are investing. Yeah, I think that's an excellent example. So from the company standpoint, they could have, who, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know what, 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 what they could have done to be more proactive. Um, would it be just to, to try to reach out to the existing legislature, the existing legislators yeah. to try to, to say, Hey, listen, um, this is not necessarily going to be a good thing. Yes. Um, they could have used, I mean, those guys hire lobbyists. They probably hire armies of lobbyists sure. actually when it right. comes down to it. Um, and I think the big problem with lobbyists is they're usually trying to figure out what's important and what's not, what's real and what's just gossip. And for them, when they have a tool like we offer, they can kind of, you know, take and make the best use of their time, essentially. And so that would have been one particular approach they could have taken where, you know, again, I said public policy, and that is their part of that public policy strategy where we go out there and we have conversations with legislatures and, you know, the California Assembly and say, look, you do this and it's going to hurt the industry by this and we're going to end up needing to pull out of California because we can't afford to operate there. And that puts it in a new light for legislators who then say, oh, now we need to weigh the pros and cons of this and be much more measured in our approach and how we implement it. So that's something that those companies could have done. But, you know, if we look at the big funds like, you know, Vanguard is one of the top three investors in Uber and Lyft. Um, for them, it's much more of a fundamentals question on the investment side. It's like, okay, we know this is coming and we know this is going to have a negative impact. And this is something we just need to get ahead of and hedge for, essentially. So um, that's the type of action those, you know, those institutional investors should have taken at the time to be able to kind of avoid those losses. Because like I said, even though Prop 22 passed in California, the reality is that billion dollars is gone. I mean, and it took a lot of money to get there. So that would have been all avoidable, essentially, had they kind of heeded the warning that we could have provided. Yeah, that's super interesting right there. This idea about the efficient market hypothesis that the market already knows all available information, but what you are providing is is sort of a crystal ball, or at least a, a forecasting, to, to your point, like 97% accuracy into the future. So certainly, uh, big institutional managers like that, and then the market in general, um, I can see where this would definitely change, not to sound sound silly, but, but, but really change a lot. Right. And I could tell you, um, to give you guys a little bit of a preview, one of the things that we prototyped recently is some obscure research was done at Harvard Business School about 10 years ago that pointed to the fact that when legislation passes, if you can identify the actual members of Congress who have companies within their districts and their support on legislation, uh, either uh, or that or their opposition to it, you could then predict price movements on individual shares. We actually took that and we're, we've incorporated it into a prototype within our model. So now we're to the point where we can tell you that you're going to see particular movement on these shares on this time frame because of these legislative actions, and you're going to probably see about this much percentage of movement. So we've actually started to refine it and get even more granular about specifically what shares are going to be affected. Oh, that's, I think that's pretty crazy. Nice. And it's just going to keep getting better and better. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> Theoretically speaking. 
All right. So, <laughs> so circling back on that, on the idea that, that, that the network decides what's important, um, you, you, you have no concerns about, or, or what are your feelings about just, just artificial intelligence in general? Do you, do you have any, any concerns about it? Not, not, not in your application of it, but just in general. Generally speaking, I think there needs to be care given to what we allow AI to do and how we put restrictions on uh, what it's allowed to do. Uh, I think uh, Asimov had the the idea, the uh, the laws of robotics about the first law being that uh, robots are never allowed to hurt humans, essentially, that type of thinking. We need to have similar type approaches as we develop AI because AI is becoming increasingly sophisticated. And this idea of unsupervised learning is especially worrisome. Even in our model, to an extent, we don't know 100% what the AI takes into account as important because it's doing it in a language. Let's just kind of for brevity, I guess. It's doing it in a language that we don't speak. Mm-hmm. It's, it's doing it how the machine thinks. And because of that, we can never truly understand <clears throat> how it's weighing everything and what it decides is important. And that's the idea that if, um, if uh, AI that was more, let's call it um, sensitive or even potentially dangerous, like, I don't know, things like weapon systems and so on from a military point of view, that would be not something that didn't make me comfortable for sure. Yeah. So uh, that's the type of thinking we have to kind of put into place where we have a good uh, a set of rules and framework that guide how we um, let AI continue to develop. Well, Jeff, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I would say to the listeners, the most important thing to remember is that every piece of legislation that comes through either the state or the federal government has the potential to impact shares. So it's always worth noting really what's out there and what's happening at the government level to anticipate the effects you're going to see on the stock market. Well, I think that it is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they learn more about Echo Ridge? Well, about me and on Echo Ridge uh, is at echoridge.io which is our main website where you can uh, get in contact with any member of the team as well as learn more about what we're up to both on the AI side as well as as the company in general, kind of what we're doing. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Jeff your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to echoridge.io and learn about what Jeff's working on and and how this technology is going to continue to, uh, to to take shape. Thanks again, Jeff. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.